Amigos y amigas, The Mexican Soccer Show, here we go, we so ask us, I'm back, and it's gonna be a good show, because Leon is in the final, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. okay, let's all be all serious now, all right, all right, let's jump right in, who's in, it's uh, almost a full house, Leon is not able to join us, we have Amy, so you know it's gonna be good when Amy and I are on, uh, Cesar, Mr. Tom Marshall, guys, how we're all doing, Liga Mekis, it's crazier than ever. Some people might say it's, you know, not better than other leagues in North America, or maybe it is, but we'll discuss now. We've got a great, great show. Obviously, we'll be talking about what happened, Cruz Azuleada, everyone talking about it, and, of course, the other semifinal, Leon beating Chivas. We'll venture into Mr. Javier Aguirre back in Liga MX. And then uh, some news uh, from the league. But uh, we'll start with Cesar Hernandez there in, uh, in, San, Diego, in San Diego, almost the uh, end of 2020, Mr. Cesar. It's, it's gone by fast, but I hear there's a vaccine coming. How's it going? Yeah, man. Doing all right. Uh, just had some dinner. I'm ready to talk Cruz de Sul because I just still can't believe that happened. Nah. I, don't, I, don't, like, I feel like I've only talked about what Bumas did for about like one minute within the last like 24 hours just because i still can't believe what happened to cruz's soul but i guess we'll get to that just a little bit but yeah no doing well L looking forward to, to 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 talking to to the crew today yes 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 on our show we don't get to do uh pods much amy and i but amy glad you're on the show to to give us I would say uh, when you said, hey, is there if I join? I'm like, join, because I know the banter is going to be there. If you haven't had a chance to uh, look at TikTok or actually Amy's um, Twitter, uh, probably the funniest TikTok of the year. I thought I was laughing really, really hard and on not only because it was hilarious, but I know how hard it, it, ta it takes for someone to do a TikTok like that. But Amy, uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm uh I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of like reaping in my own benefits of that TikTok. I didn't think it was gonna get that good of reviews, but people really liked it. Um, I didn't work super hard on it. It kind of just came to me as an artist at oh, this point. But so natural. Naturally. Oh, there we go. What's what's a sponsorship coming in? What's one of the sponsored uh, TikToks coming through? <laughs> sponsored TikToks. But you know what? It had to. I have to give a lot of the credit to Pumas because without them, I wouldn't be able to appropriately oh <laughs> bring together that TikTok. That's hilarious. So. That's funny. Uh, good, good to have you on. And obviously, Mr. Tom Marshall there in Ciudad de Mexico. Mr. Tom, crazy, wild, wild, crazy Liga MX doesn't disappoint. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, what can you say? Honestly, what can you say? I mean, you know, the, the playoffs, to be honest, they hadn't been the most exciting. You know what I mean? They'd not been... League of Legends playoffs usually throw up a lot of, of really, really good games, really good series. There's not many that don't kind of swing back and forth or, you know, there's, there's usually memorable series. And you, you were like, this was a game 4-0 up. Boom, uh, Cruz Azul going into it 4-0 up. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about, oh, this is Cruz Azul, they're not going to do it. And, you know, which was obviously the narrative after the game. It was just like, you're 4-0 up. Like, you can't, you can't not, that's impossible. You know what I mean? Mm. That's not, that's not something you can do. I mean, that's not, you have to be really, really bad to, to not be able to manage a four-goal lead when you've just played really well 
and before that, you've just knocked out Tigres. So let's, you know, it's not like Cruz Azul just suddenly, you know, turned up and in a, in a semi-final and lost a game 4-0. It's like they just won the first one 4-0, playing really well with, like, absolute authority. They just knocked out Tigres with a similar, 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 <laughs> authoritative, you know, performance. And, um, and, and for that to happen, it's just like, where do you go? What do you do? The next day, you're a Cruz Azul fan, player, whatever, manager, director. It's like, where, where do you go? What do you do? Where do you look? And, 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 you know, how do you move forward? So, unbelievable. I mean, you know, we talk about this league being kind of the most watched league in, in North America. I mean, there was 10, people, 10 million people in Mexico watching that game, probably 1.5 million in, in the States. And it's just like, this is why, <laughs> you know, it absolutely brings the drama. Like, I don't know, he's just unbelievable. That was, that was just something that, same as Cesar, I was just sat there. I had to, like, write something, and I was just sat there for, like, an hour thinking, what, 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 what do I write? Like, what happened there? You know what I mean? <laughs> How do you put that into kind of words, you know? Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, when you look at things, when when these types of games happen, I mean, I think, you know, just just kind of looking at how the, the game went, and you just you just kind of sit there going, all right, well, can Pumas do it? All right, they need a goal. They need a goal early, and you know, and you and you, you just kind of just like when you want to dissect the whole game and on both sides, you know, when you sit in the Cruz Azul, all you had to do was just score one goal and you kind of saw it. So I, I kind of want to go into as like, whose fault it was like, what, if we can fault, because, because I feel like it's, you know, you got the players in there, but it's not like Siboldi did, you know, went out there to go score a goal or the changes that he made when you're trying to figure out what happened in the match. But like, whose fault is this? I, I don't think you could. I don't think you could put on just one. Play. I think it's a collective effort from, from from. I would say from most of that back line. From maybe you could say a little bit Siboldi. Maybe he should have changed things up. You know, maybe he, he should change things up Tactic, tactically. To to score a goal. Maybe, maybe it was just a, he should have changed it up a little bit. You know, earlier tactically, you feel like maybe well, I think his first sub was like like the 60th, 70th minute. I forget exactly mm-hmm. when it was. Maybe he should have done something a little bit uh, earlier. I think some of those members of the back line like also should have done you know you know a better job i mean i'm not gonna say i mean tom tweeted out as well you know this is there's no reason why we should be giving curado all the criticism at all either but maybe he could have potentially done better you know in a couple of goals there so i think it was more so of the collective you know i think it'd be unfair to just point at one player just one figure but i think it was more just more so the collective my, my thing was more like as could we just you know excuse a player not the players but maybe just the players is it you know, what more could the coach have done? I mean, you have halftime. It, it, I'm just kind of going like, yeah, it, it was a collective effort of Cruz Azul being Cruz Azul. And when we talk about curses and and, and all that, it, it's just... That's whose fault. It's, 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 it's a curse's fault. The curse's fault. It's, <laughs> it's a curse's fault. It's, it's, it is ridiculous because it's like... And it was like, with no other team in Liga Mekis, would you see them win a first leg of a playoff game for nothing? And then you think, well... It, is there a chance they could lose this? Because I feel like a lot of us were thinking that, right? That's something that happened. Yeah. Didn't America be, didn't Tigres come back for? I don't. I don't think. I don't think a team has ever come back from a four goal deficit no. in a playoff game. I, I don't think I've ever seen that. But the ridiculous thing with Cruz Azul is that because they're in, they're cursed and quote, and now you're actually starting to believe it. But after they won that first leg, you a lot of us were 
that had that idea in the back of our mind, like, well, it's Cruz Azul. Maybe it could happen. And it happened. It's, it's, it's shocking. It's really, really shocking. To be honest, I think my favorite, mind. I think Go my favorite, I, I was going to say, I think my favorite meme to come out of the post game, by the way, the other hilarious thing in retrospect is Cesar's wording in his tweet. I keep going back to it. Cause I saw, obviously I like retweet your guys' stuff, right? Like as it comes out <laughs> and I just remember seeing Cesar, unless Cruz Azul can catastrophically fail at this game. And then it just like, I, go. I, I think just, I have, I think I said, we've seen some catastrophic, catastrophic failures from Cruz Azul in the past, but they really, really, really need to mess up badly tonight. And I was, and I put up the four, 538 numbers, 538. It went up to them. six. Like he would, like, this is the chance that Bumas has to advance. It went all the way to six goals and they did. But going along that, I think the most hilarious meme I saw um, after the game was like, if Cruz Azul had forfeited this match and not even shown up, by regulations, they would have lost 3-0 and still been able to qualify. <laughs> so it's just uh, like, really it, just, it just sucks. It, it's hard. I was thinking about it too, because I went back to 2013, obviously as an America sympathizer, and I thought about like how elated I was watching that game with my dad and how Puma's fans must feel right now in this comeback. And then you just, you think, just like you guys are saying, you think about those Cruz Azul fans and yeah, you, you don't really want to believe in sports superstitions because even as sports fans, we kind of think of them as, as minuscule and weird. But, I mean, this happens far too often for Chris Soul for it not to start. you got to start yeah, I mean, wondering, like, what happened? I mean, six lost finals and then, I don't know, and then, and then this. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know. I don't know where it ranks on kind of, you know, the historic failures of Cruz, Cruz Azul. But, um, but yeah. But yeah, no, going back to the original question, I, I put a lot of the blame at Siboldi. I agree with Cesar that obviously I can't say it's one person, but Luis Romo was speaking on TV after the first leg and they said, right, is it over? And he's like, no, there's no way it's over. We've got to go there. We've got to win. We've got to play the same way. We've got to take the game to him. You can't let Pumas you know, come at you because they're a team that if you give them that chance, then they'll... Then, then that's what they've done all season. They've ground out results like they are, like they have. Um, and what did Cruzers all do? Siboldi plays a back five. Jonathan Rodriguez totally isolated. He kind of invited Pumas in, and then obviously a series of things happened. Especially that early goal, like you said, there we saw that you know everything just went perfect. You know what I mean? And and I just thought Cruzers all you four 0 up. You've got just go for the away goal. You don't need to sit back and defend that. You know, even if you lose 3-1, 2-1, whatever, go on, go on the attack. And I just thought, I thought that, I thought that was a failure from Siboldi and, and, you know, mixed in with the psychological things. And I think what Amy was saying there about, you know, just, just how many times this has happened from like a sports psychology point of view, it'd be fascinating to actually speak to the players kind of, you know, kind of personally and privately and, and just that, that, the mindset and what happened and at what point in the game they started to doubt because the players were arguing. You got Yotun and, and Baka started to argue with each other. There was a video that went that went round about the subs. I think they were coming out for the second half and they were just mad. They were just like throwing things, slamming the door. And it was like, what has happened in that dressing room? And even before the game, you had, you know, Jurado coming in for Chui Corona. And then you had this bizarre situation where it was reported that Corona had a knee injury, but then he'd also tested positive for 
COVID-19 yeah, because weird. of the CONCACAF Champions League stuff that was coming up next week. And then Cruz Azul don't announce that until today. So him and five staff members have tested positive. And then you have a debutant. I mean, you know, Horado's played for Meta Cruz before, but, you know, semi-final. I don't know. It was just kind of this perfect mix of everything going going absolutely wrong. But I'll tell you what, there's certain other managers and, you know, we might go on to talk about a particular one that I think would be absolutely perfect for Cruz Azul that would never, never go out and sit back, try and sit back and defend a four-goal lead. And that's... Matias Almeida. I mean, you know, he, he went into Chivas with that absolute authority. So I said, I'm here to, to to lift the giant. Chivas fans won't like me saying it, but if there's a manager to kind of go into Cruz Azul, let's not forget, they have a great squad. You know, they have an absolutely up there, top four, Liga MX squad. There's no reason they, sh- they shouldn't be challenging for titles. And they have been, to be fair. They've had a really good 2020 in terms of the, the amount of games they've won. Only Leon have won more games. Only Leon have scored more goals. Um, and, and I don't know, for that to happen, though, yeah. I thought it was unbelievable. And this is the other thing with Cruz Azul, because I noticed in Mexico last night that Atlas was also trending. There's been no reason that other people are kind of just messing with them, you know, because Cruz Azul messed up and then they started comparing him with Atlas. But there's a, there's a big difference. Yeah, Cruz Azul no. are always there fighting. You know, Atlas fans are just kind of, they're used to it now. They go to the games not expecting the team to necessarily win, not expecting the team to make the playoffs necessarily. And yeah, they go mad and they get angry and blah, blah, blah. But Cruz Azul fans, it, it's different because they get pulled in these emotions where they're actually a good team. And they actually go and they beat Pumas 4-1 and they beat Tigres 3-1. And, you know, the finals against Leon and it's 23 years since, since they last won the title. And 23 years ago, they beat Leon in the final. And it's 2020 and everything's happening and, and all the bizarre stuff's happening. The, you know, the sports world's on its head. The world in, in the entire world's turned on its head. This is the year for Cruz Azul. And then they do that. It's like, it's unbelievable. It's just, I still can't really get my head around when it. You, when you look at, I mean, I mean, I, I was just trying to think of, I'm like, man, and, you know, I, I was still shocked last night. I'm like, how did it happen? But it feels like... Um, it does happen, you know. It's, I think somebody said, well, it's because Liga MX would only happen in Liga MX. I mean, we've seen it recently with best leagues in the world, PSG, Barcelona, Liverpool, Barcelona. Um, I think since when we were talking about uh, the last time that I could remember or I kind of just looked in, looking up, I think 2005, um, America was up 3-1, and then Tigres came back 4-1 in the Azteca. And they in cuartos de final, and that was Mario Carrillo's... Yeah. Uh, Pardo was there as Ochoa. Yeah. But you know, it that's a long time ago, it was 15, 16 years ago, 15 years ago. But when you're looking at that, it's like when I, I try to compare it with other sports, just like, man, uh, poor Cruz Azul, who has had it? And you know, you 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 have them like the Cubs, you know, for like 90 years they didn't win. You know, you have those in, in other parts of sports, but uh it kind of you know, when you said that, Tom, like, you know, when trying to get Atlas, like Atlas has not won anything. Like I don't think you can compare the two. Um, but Unless they were trying to say Atlas Femenil, in which case it's kind of appropriate because Querétaro did come back this past couple, like two weeks ago. So maybe they were saying that, but either way, still doesn't count. Atlas Femenil is a good team. I don't want anybody <laughs> trashing them. Yeah, and I think it's just like you have you have higher expectations, you know, with Grusisul, and especially in recent years, it seemed like things are really starting to click, but. I mean, but like Tom said, if we're, if we're looking at the last game and yeah, maybe there, there should be a little bit more 
fault, you know, for Siboldi because it's it it is pretty bizarre when you consider that they just needed one goal. They just they just needed one. And here's the thing: like that one goal would have been a would have entirely changed the series. Even if even if Fumas got five goals, as long as Crucial just got one. Are you sure, Cesar? Can we can we back that up? Is there a, oh, yeah. a chart? Most he has a cute yeah, yeah. little graph. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I crunched the numbers. <laughs> is it a graph? Isn't it, isn't it called something else? Isn't it? Someone called it the Matrix. I was like, yeah, nah, dog. A- that's that's a movie from 1999. But anywho, mm-hmm. um, a great Matrix. movie from 1999. <laughs> but anywho, but yeah, but like, but like, it, it is absolutely. Bizarre. When you saw them go down three nothing, you're thinking, okay, they've got to they've got to change things up here. They got to put on some more attack minded players. And when you look at, and I'm, now I'm looking at some of the subs made and, you know, they brought out Alvarado oh, yeah. and brought on Yotun and you're like, no, this is the time to really push forward. It doesn't matter if they score two more goals. You just need one more. And it wasn't until, I mean, it wasn't until <laughs> we almost got that fourth and final goal that they needed that finally they brought out like Misa Domingo. They finally brought on Santiago, you know, Jimenez. So it's just, it's, it, it is pretty confusing. We look at that as well. Never were going for that goal. That's it, you know. Big. They only had one shot on target in the entire game. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you come out there, try to score. If if they score, you know, fast because of a counter, okay, well then that that one didn't work. But try to take the game out of I mean, I mean, I'm not a coach or whatever. But, but also but that the... last that last goal was so so timid from them. Like you're you know three zero. You're still you're still gonna qualify. You you know you still have you still have a chance to go. And then you watch that. I mean, credit to uh, to be going. It was a good goal from him, but you watch that back line. It's just like nobody's looking yeah. to challenge. I don't know if they're scared. You know, maybe they don't want to risk a PK or whatever. But it's like nothing. Nothing comes from them. They give them all the time and space in the world to score that final goal. But it's, it's, good, it goes yeah. back to that pressure too, right? Like the players that are there. Like I, I would love to talk. Just you know, you said that, Tom. Kind of just be like, so tell me. Now, what are you thinking when you're going to that game? Because, because even when there were some, you know, people kind of saying like they they weren't taking it seriously. Like they're up three zero, they're playing, and at the beginning it wasn't like you saw any sense of urgency from the players. You go out there if you're the team that needs to, you know, to at least score one goal. You score one goal, or you know, if you're Pumas, you're like if you only score one goal early, and then one before the half, and then just one more. You just like it, you know, it can happen. You're there, but. Yeah. I feel that's that's the pressure yeah, no, of players because if they would have won, they would have scored one goal, right? Let's say they got it on the ninety-first minute; they're in. Then Cruz Azul goes in the final against Leon, and here's the pressure again, right? Because because it has happened that Cruz Azul gets it to the end and then doesn't do it, so like it it doesn't just stop. So the and that's gonna haunt, that's gonna continue to to haunt them. And now here comes Conca Champions, right? Um, it, it's. The 2020 could be. Yeah, uh, well, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's the same because I think they, you know, they won that before. They won the cup before. They won pretty much everything apart it's from the same. So I don't know. But, but I think that I think that second half it was 3-0, and that was where they've had an absolutely terrible first half, and that was where the doubts crept in for me. I don't think they went into that game thinking it was won. I don't think they went into that game thinking like with any nerves. I don't think they were nervous about. Are we going to mess up? Are we going to mess up? I honestly don't. I don't think it crossed the mind. But as soon as it get, got to 3-0, and then, and then in the second half, it kind of improved for a little bit, but it was like the, the game management was terrible. The, in the second half, they weren't, doing, they weren't defending that. They weren't trying to defend like the, 
the small slightest advantage that they had and they weren't going attacking as well it was like they didn't know what they were doing um and again i think that goes back to the manager and i just i, I can't see well there's reports saying that he's going to be out and i think see all day I, I just I, i'm all for like processes and stuff like that you know with managers i just i can't i mean at the end of the day this was kashimia's you know baby basically you know, he put a lot of this squad together. I really like Kaishini's mentality, even when they lost. He was like, look, we're going to keep making finals. We're going to keep going with this. And they lost to America. He didn't play. I remember, you know, two years ago, the Apertura 2018, they didn't play that well in the second leg. Really tight first leg. But it was like, um, you know, it wasn't great, but it wasn't kind of like they messed it up. They, they were kind of on the right track. Um, and, and I think that now with Siboldi, it's kind of, he kind of came in short notice, did well. Now he's got an extended contract until June. But I don't know. I mean, is that the guy? I don't know. I mean, I, I just... The thing is, when Cruz Azul are in that situation again, you know, how are the players going to respond? How is he going to respond? How how are they going to maintain that trust? I think that's the thing now. Imagine when you Cruz Azul now and you go into the next preseason, you Cruz Azul player. Like, what, what's your mentality? How are you? I mean, it's just, it's really tough. Really, really tough as a player to kind of get up for that. And, you know, for the the CONCACAF Champions League, I mean, they've got a, they'll be flying out later this week to, to Florida and they've got LAFC. Um, I don't know. I think it could go either. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they just like completely, completely were terrible, to be honest. But at the same time, you have to up that from their point of view, they just get it together. They rally around and they're just like, there's no way we can have anything as embarrassing as that kind of ever again. But yeah, so yeah, am I the only who thinks oh, that they I'm, that it's actually kind of like when it, when you're looking at their CCL efforts, like this is actually kind of a, a silver lining for them because right because right now mentally they've been just been thinking about Liga Mekis playoffs. I'm sure, yeah, they're maybe thinking a little bit about the LAFC game, but if I was a part of that roster, I would only be thinking about the semifinal match and then in an upcoming final. And if they did qualify for the final, they'd be having to play this Sunday. You know, Mekis will then have to you know make the trip out here to the U.S. and then start prepping for that game against LAFC in just a short amount of time. And I feel well, like... Yeah, is it Wednesday, no? Yeah, I, th- I think it is Wednesday. So it'd be a very, very short turnaround. So I, I, I f- I'm not... I don't know if I'm going to make the argument that you know they're going to get a big win over LAFC, but maybe this would be a little, a little silver lining for them for, for getting out early is that now they potentially have a little bit better chance and, and have some time to truly focus for this game. But I think when you lost, I, I think when you lose like that, it's that mental hurdle now that you have to face. Yeah, and then true, you, true. and then this is a, a, in that same sense, this is an LAFC that also came back and beat Leon and nobody thought that was going to happen. I mean, LAFC is kind of in their own, me- not mess, but you know, they're kind of in their own topsy turvy moment that, it could go either way, but I don't think you have that confidence that Cruz Azul is going to win this. And I don't even think Cruz Azul has that confidence that they're going to win this in the same sense, given how badly they just lost right now. Here's about the Conquer Champs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about this? Can we talk about Leon already? Jeez. Is it because it's, like, it's, it's, it's far away from us if we could have got like, some press no, pass? because he was sad at Bank of California <laughs> Stadium. That was the last time. Oh, no. That was, yeah, that was the last time. That was, was the last time we were at a stadium. At a stadium. You had to watch that come back. <laughs> no, I think... Um, but yeah, I, mean, I agree. I mean, I think it's a personal level as well. I mean, those guys are now... The last thing you want to do after 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 losing that game, you just want to go away somewhere. You know what I mean? And, and not not with the not with those same teammates who have just gone through the same thing and the <laughs> same manager with, without your family. 
you know what I mean? You just want to escape. You want to escape the old environment and kind of regroup and kind of get your thoughts back. Now these guys are going to have to, you know, I don't know, just somehow go go make the trip to Florida, stay on their own, be in, in isolation in a bubble. I mean, from a personal point of view, it must be awful as well. I mean, I really don't really don't know which way it's going to go in terms of cruisers all in the Concacaf Champions League. But you know, I, I think if we just turn it around a little bit, the conversation and just I don't know. I think we got to say Pumas were just like yeah. they believed it. They believed. I mean. Dineno talking on the TV afterwards, he was like, "Look, after that four-zero loss, we we just said to each other, we said if we if we can do this, it's absolutely historic. Imagine how good it'd be. And it's one thing to say it; everyone's you've got to say it. You know what I mean? But they went out with the attitude that it was possible. You know, they was they weren't they they went they were absolutely first to every ball. They were flying in. They were making tackles. They were fouling." They were disrupting Cruz Azul like they didn't do in the first game. They were firing balls into the box like they stopped doing because, you know, with Gonzalez and, and Dineno in there, that's that's it gives you a major advantage. Um, they were absolutely inspired. And obviously when they got that opening goal, you just saw the whole team kind of like, look, we're on the path now. And then and obviously they got a bit, they got some real luck as well. I mean, some things, I mean, we talked about the, Chewy Corona, the COVID-19, we talked about, you know, Siboldi just not getting it right tactically. But also it's like, you know, that, that VAR decision for, for <laughs> Carlos Gonzalez's, was it Gonzalez's goal or Dineno's you know that goal? Viral, where, wasn't it? Um, in the first leg, right? Or the no, no, no. In, 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 the second, in the second leg where, where he was kind of just onside, like you yeah. couldn't even believe how close it was. And it was off a rebound, you know what I mean? And it was it was just like, oh, it, that just could not have been any closer. And then on the stroke of half time, Cruz Azul get a penalty. I mean, it, for me, it was a soft penalty, but it's one of those yeah. where you play it on VAR, you put it on slow motion. It's all, You're always going to get given a penalty for that um, against Jonathan Rodriguez. And then, and then it looked as though the referee kind of confirmed to one of the Pumas players that, yeah, it's a penalty, the foul's been given. But then the VAR people started looking back and found the slightest offside in the build-up. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, Cruz Azul get that penalty on the stroke of our time. They score it 3-1, game over. I mean, it's just so many little things happen in that game. You know, I was looking at the expected goals as well. It was like 2.03 for Pumas. I think it was 0.3-something for uh, 3.39 for Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul created so little... Almost they put himself in there with a shot. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you get an XG of two and, and you know, it's not ridiculous to score four goals. So yeah. I just think Pumas were absolutely on it. If there's one guy who summed up Pumas that night, it was Juan Pablo Vigón. I mean, the guy headbutts his teammate while celebrating a goal, cuts open his eyebrow, <laughs> puts a bandage around his head because of the bleeding, has cramp about two, three times in the second half, just can, just hobbling around the field. And then as the as the kind of wits about him in the 89th minute to receive a ball from Muscle that wasn't kind of flowed in, Muscle drilled that ball into him, but Vigan just found the time to kind of control it, you know. But in a way that he directed just outside where he could perfectly strike the ball. But then he kind of, if you watch the slow motion replay, he he, he just he he kind of he sets himself. He takes a split second and then he just strokes the ball home, and it was like. Oh my god, it was like time still still. So um so yeah, I think I think you gotta say this Pumas team 
whatever you see. I mean, two losses in 21 games this season with the coach leaves the your coach leaves the team on the eve of the season and you get that together. You're not even the best squad by a long way in League MX. I mean, what a season this has been for Pumas. Yeah, I mean, I, there's just, I mean, I'm glad that you, you brought up Vigon because I think there's like something really like poetic about him like being like heavily bandaged and getting that fourth goal. And like, you can see like, right there on his head like the physical evidence of how hard like he's been like working in that game but not only him but just like Pumas to get this result and it looked like he just literally been in battle you know so like Tom said I mean they just look absolutely revitalized and you know definitely got to give them credit because because it'd be so easy just to talk about Cruz Azul and their failures and whatnot and of course it's in the end, you feel a little bad about Crucial. It's also kind of funny, but we got to give so much credit to, for, for Pumas for, for, for what they did in this match. Yeah, I was just going to say, if we would have been watching the game together, I would have said out loud that Vigon should have come off because that's what I was thinking in my head. I was like, yeah. why is he still on? He can't even... He's got cramp. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not moving properly. What's he going to do? Is You know what I mean? And then somehow he ends up doing that. But um, but yeah, and the other thing I, don't, I think we've not mentioned is that... This all happened to Cruz Azul without a crowd in the stadium. Now, I, th- I don't know. I just I can't imagine if that, if Seul full in the night like that with a couple of goals ahead, it would have been absolutely insane, the atmosphere. And, and you know, Cruz Azul did all that without, I don't know, without without the pressure of, of kind of having the fans there. So I don't know. I don't know. I've no idea what you say about Cruz Azul now. Not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where you go with him. Is it funny still? Well, it is kind of funny. For me, yes, it's still kind of funny. But is it that funny anymore? Is it just more like sad? At There's something, I think it's a bit of everything. I think it's, it, it is pretty, I feel really, really bad for, for Crystal fans. But I mean, it is, I mean, it is pretty funny to, to consider what happened to them. I think it's, I think it's a little bit of everything. You know, it's, it's a, it's a tragic comedy of sorts, you know, regarding a Liga Mekis yeah. team. And that's just, that's, and that's Cruz's soul. You can, and it, once I, once again, I've like, I mentioned, it's just like, if any other Liga Mekis team would have gone up for nothing in the first, like, I would have never doubted them. And, and yeah, I didn't doubt Cruz. I, th- I honestly thought that they had Pumas figured out and I predicted that they were going to get a win here. But I think a lot of us uh, were, were still thinking in the back of our minds, like Cruz's soul will still find a way to Cruz's soul this and it happened. It's so dumb because I was going to put Pumas winning just because it's my only shot to beat you in our league of madness. <laughs> oh, no, you <laughs> and were. I'm like, You're just saying And that. I'm like, <laughs> Amy, you don't know. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't do it because there's no way. That's just, that's just dumb. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I'm like, that's the only way that I can beat Cesar. We can both have one point. He's not going to put Pumas winning. Nah, it's just not gonna happen. It's just throw up three ones. Um, maybe maybe a tie. So that's why I went with a tie, <laughs> just because I'm like maybe I can get the goal. Maybe I can get the tie score. And I'm, you know, I'm, and no, 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 it didn't happen. <laughs> now you, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Also, a little bit of a. I haven't talked to Amy about it, and uh, this is actually some some breaking news for the listeners. Oh and, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I bought a small trophy for the Ligia Madness winner. <laughs> Hopefully it's me. Wait. Hopefully it's me because that means I won't have to pay for shipping. Um, Technically, but, you could uh, drop it off to me if I win too. So, yeah. you don't have to so, pay. Yeah, so, so I, I, created a, I, I created a trophy. It's, it should be showing up at some point soon. <laughs> Still waiting for, uh, I, I would totally like... Me. 
it was my favorite message that day. I forget what day it was, but he's like, so I was thinking, and I was like, oh, I wonder what he's going to tell me about. Maybe it's like Liam X preview stuff, if, you know, whatever, whatever. He's like, what if we bought a trophy? <laughs> if I would have beaten you, would, it, would you have said anything about this trophy? Because I felt like now. Yes, were we were still going to. Of course. Because, it was going to be a already, surprise. I already, already, already spent the $20 on it. So. <laughs> that's and what that's, I'm saying. Was and this that's after shipping. you beat me? Because this is kind of like, I would have changed. I'm like, well, there's a I don't, I don't, well, we just, we just started talking about the Funny League of Madness when thing. you guys are in the final, all of a sudden there's a trophy. First of all, I'm all. <laughs> always in the final i'm like tigres for this bracket okay you've won one time (laughs) you've won one time i've been in the final like three times i'm basically i've won twice (laughs) anywho there's a trophy and i'm very excited about it (laughs) tom on the other hand the one time you should have went four zero or five zero on leon Well, I, let me put it this way. I'm not in the final, but I, I'm unbeaten. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, so you can judge for yourselves, you know what I mean? Costa Rica, 20, whether, uh, Costa Rica 2014. If anybody knows knows the rules or the, the, the counts of, of what happened there in terms of me going out. But, uh, you know, I did I did, I did did send a message to Court for Habitation for Sport and um, <laughs> you never got back to me. So what can you do? <laughs> We'll see. All right, guys. Let's see. A good segue. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Well, man, man. Liga Mekis. Uh, the other semifinal, Leon, which I think after that game, people were like, man, it's going to be such a boring final. Man, it's going to be such a boring next game. We're not going to have any more exciting games. But, um, yes, Chivas after a 1-1 Ida, which uh, definitely very surprising in that very first leg. That's at least some hope going against um, – uh, Leon and Leon having a another another great season, but uh, Chivas a, a a season to forget with all the craziness that happened. I think it finally caught up to him. Um, I really didn't see him beat Leon. Um, I thought almost just they had, what they were going to do when looking at the preview. And I got to be on the CDN podcast. I kind of just told him I don't necessarily think that that Chivas is going to do what they did with America. Chicote having those three games, three amazing goals. I don't think they're going to do that against Leon. I think Busa is just going to, you know, play the counter and Leon's going to have its game. They did a good job on the first game, but then the second game, uh, Campbell coming back 1-0. But let's chat, Tom Chivas, you, a season that, uh, yeah, many were just didn't think that they were going to be a semifinal, such a big team. I know a lot of people are saying, hey, I think Cesar tweeted out, you know, that is – did pretty good to get to the semifinals, but they're just there was really that game was I just didn't see Chivas ever, ever taking it. So let's chat the goals. No, but yeah, I mean, you know, going back a couple of months, if someone had said, "Oh, Chivas going to be in the semifinal," you know, within a goal, exactly. You know, they, they lost by one goal over two legs against you know the best team in Liga MX. So they, they were they competed, and I think that's the thing that you know Chivas fans can. I don't know can can point to. I mean, as a Chivas fan, you want you know you're the biggest club in Mexico. You want them in the final, you know. But at the end of the day, the realities of Chivas and Leon are, are very different. I'd argue that actually, in terms of squad quality, there's not a massive, massive difference. I think Leon are better, but um, but yeah, no, it was it was. I thought it was interesting the game. I mean, it wasn't obviously anything like the Cruzers or Pumas were in terms of just wildness, but. Um, to be honest, I thought Nacho Ambriz got it right and, and Vucitic 
I don't think he did. I mean, I know it's mad to say for some for for a coach that's been so successful, but Thorvald Sitic, I thought he put everything out from the, on, in the starting starting eleven, and and um, that surprised me. And I thought that certain players didn't look fully fit. I mean, obviously you had Macias coming back from injury, you had Vega coming back from injury, you had Isaac Brizuela coming back from um, COVID nineteen, not just recently. You had Calderon who's barely started a game, all, you know, in the last few months, and then. All of a sudden, he's playing his like third third game in what nine days or something, eight days I think. Um, and and so I think the I think I thought that they struggled as the game went on. And if you look at the first leg, Leon absolutely dominated the first half. Chivas came back, but well, they came back because they put Macias on and they put Vega on, and they really they just went for Leon. And I thought the I don't know I just I don't know I just thought in terms of Chivas went all out at the start, and I thought Nacho Ambriz, what he got right I felt was that he changed. He changed his formation. He changed his system, and and he played, you know, Ivan Rodriguez and um, Pedro Aquino, two holding midfielders. And you know, you look at Chivas's attack, and they were just they were, they were just all out attack with only Jesus Molina. They only had one central midfielder, so yeah. I just felt that that Leon controlled the game. But really, it, it was interesting because Chivas dominated possession, and I think I think Leon had like sixty two percent average possession per game. Over the over the whole season, and then against Chivas, they had like forty two. So it was almost like Leon said, "You know what? Come at us, then. You know what I mean? We'll we'll get you on the counter. We we can also counter. We've got Mena. We've got Joel Campbell, who, who I thought had a really good game. Um, we got Meneses, and 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 obviously Luis Montes kind of orchestrating everything. So yeah, so I thought I thought Leon got it right. I thought Chivas on the night didn't get it wrong, but they weren't. They definitely weren't um, far away. Um, and I think yeah. moving forward for Chivas, yeah, I, I think two, three signings in the off season. Obviously, they lost the the four party boys who who got kind of <laughs> are going to be kicked out of the club or are kicked out of the club. So um, they need they need they need strengthening in certain areas. But I think I think things look pretty good going forward for Chivas. I mean, to be fair, people who've listened to this pod know that we've said on a number of occasions that this Chivas squad is well, at least in my opinion, is actually pretty strong and, and should be competing in in Ligas. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's Twitter, but it was interesting to see how much criticism I was getting for giving credit to Chivas for making it this far. I mean, we don't have enough time to go through all of the problems they've just faced within the last few months, you know? And I thought that they, I thought that they, they did pretty well uh, against Leon. And just when you consider how a Leon are, not just only an attack, but also defensively, because I feel like we forget how good of a defensive side Leon can be. And I think we saw that when... And we saw Pizuela, Calderon, Vega, Antuna, Macias all pushing forward. And you had like you know, Sanchez and Ponce, like both like you know, making their overlapping runs. You know, you forget how, how well Leon can, can play defensively. But I thought they did all right. You know, and, and like Tom said, if, like if this was you know, August, September, October, if you would have told Chivas fans that, you know, they'd be not only making it to a semi, but like, really really close to be, to beating Leon or at least getting an equalizer in this game I think many wouldn't believe you you know so I I, I think you do have to give Chivas credit I was I, I thought yeah I mean this we, we didn't see as many fireworks as the as the other semifinal I mean this felt a little bit more like a, a chess match you know maybe both teams not I'd say more so Leon not taking very many uh, chances as you would as you would expect but, but I think Leon were over the 180 minutes they were the slightly better side, you know, Joel Campbell was the best player of the semifinal series for me between Chivas and Leon, but 
I thought Chivas held their own for the most part. I thought I thought they had a pretty pretty good uh, performance. Yeah, it's a quick 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 thing to add about Leon. I thought that they they showed a bit a bit of maturity. Um, you know, they showed a different side than than what we saw. What was it a year ago when they went out to Morelia, and and against LAFC, where I know it sounds ironic when we talk about you know Cruz Azul kind of not you know sitting back and getting caught, but Leon did it. I thought I I don't know. I just, I just thought it was the right moment for them to do it, and and it worked out. I think they allowed one shot on goal all game against Chivas in the second leg, um, and I think you know Nacho Ambri showed another side of his kind of managerial. You know, palette basically that he that he can you know that he can change things he can change things round and um, it worked and I think I think if he if he would have needed to he would have been able to shift it up as well so um, it's, yeah I mean I know Cesar's going to do the the preview thing for the final but it's uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting final isn't it Leon against Boomers I don't think many people would have uh, kind of predicted it going into the uh, going into the season really but. Yeah. It's a top. It's a top two team. Yeah, so, that's yeah. that's that's how league I make is when you when you, you you had me thinking, Tom, when you said, oh, I would have never predicted Chivas in the semifinals. Would have never predicted Leon and Pumas." That's because you can't really predict who's going to be there. But as yeah. soon as Tigres went out, I go, "Leon's going to win." <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's no, and, kinda, yeah. it, that's that's what league I makes is. But yeah, no, and, and to be honest, I think I was thinking like this weekend that. I know we're going off going off a bit here, but like the new the new format for the league, I think it's actually been pretty good. I've actually yeah. quite liked it. Like I'd always prefer like a straight league, but you know that what that the way that it's like one leg for the um, you know for the playing round. Whereas look, if you don't finish in the top four, then suck it up. You got one game. You know what I mean? If you if you finish fifth, like a, like Monterrey, then you didn't do enough. You know what I mean? Um, and and then, but then, but I, I'd hate the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and final to be one leg. That's the thing that I don't want want to happen in League MX because I don't think it will either. Because basically, the TV ratings, I don't think there's no way MLS doesn't really have to worry about that too much because they don't get big ratings. So, uh, but League MX definitely does. So, you know, you have to be. I don't, that's why I don't think they'll have one leg, and that's why they've expanded the league year because they want to expand the the TV ratings. So. Um, so yeah, anyways, should be good. Have it in the US. One leg. Just, just looking forward to Amy's uh, TikTok. <laughs> Leon Pumas preview TikTok. I'll have to think about it. I'll have to get into the zone. Thinking. And figure it out. Should we? Should we? Should we expand it and have? Now I'm thinking about the playoff setup. Should we have a a pre repechaje? So teams twelve through sixteen. So yeah, March Madness, dude. That's what I said, dude. <laughs> twelve through sixteen. Let's go. Battle Let's for spots into Repechaje, and then they bat. No, I'm just kidding. But actually, like I, did, I, I, I enjoyed it. That was a lot of fun. At the very least, just seeing Puebla, just really, really surprising uh, teams. Right there. I think so that was good. worth it alone. Just, just, just Puebla doing that alone was. Uh, was I'm worth glad. It, yeah. I'm glad Puebla was able to do what it did to Leon, so they can, you know, be like, oh, okay, we're not invincible. Like we, you know, they went in there and Puebla did that and. I think that's the good part of being a Leon fan that they had their bad time. And yeah, how are you feeling, yeah. Weso? Are you feeling super confident? No, mega confident. We got a, a note from the producer. Tom said, "Let's focus more on Chiba." So I'm not supposed to. <laughs> no, you can say one thing. Hey, hey, hey. No, I'm done. <sighs> no, I'm not. No, uh, no we, I mean, we, we got we got we got five we got five Chivas games in the playoffs. You know, we got what two America games. We got you know what I mean. We got. You know, four Pumas games so far. We're gonna have six 
Leon games, six Pumas games, four Cruz Azul games. I mean, we've had a lot of games, you know, featuring the big clubs. And I think I think when the, when the league looks back, it's going to be like a big success what they've done with this new format. But um, but yeah, I mean, I just you know, Wiesel must be nervous because Leon have been so good, but obviously they just can't lose this final, can they? I'm not that nervous. <laughs> Give us I'm predictions, Wiesel. I am actually like it's yeah we so dominant ever since ever ever since uh like I feel like when we got the bicampeonato I think like the soccer gods were like well there you go now well you know who else has got a a back-to-back championship in short tournaments Pumas do they no there is only one leagues cup champion just want you guys (laughs) no they want it they want it back uh, (laughs) (laughs) no I thought the only big Unless it's from one season to from one year to the other year, then yeah, but not like a full year from like a apertura. I think they did clausura. it in like 2003, 2004. Yeah, they, right? did, they did a clausura, then apertura, right? That doesn't count. That's not one year. That's two was, different years. I think it was. I think it was the 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 clausura, uh, or was it the apertura? Yeah, I think it was within one year that they did it. If I remember correctly, I'll have to look I it thought, up. I th- Oh, we'll look it up. We'll see that. Oh, uh, no, I'm I, again. I think I, ever since that that be campeonato, I'm I, I always like, well, this is it. That's the last time your teams are going to win. They got to win twice, two in a row. So don't expect much from it. But um, that should be interesting. I mean, they, it's it's Leon. They've been playing. We'll continue to do well. Pumas, as as a team, I remember last time we were all on. I was just like, Pumas is, hasn't played great teams. So here it is. Right, um, so it's excited. Yeah, should be fun. Top two teams. I mean, we've seen some surprising things in the playoffs so far, but I mean, in the end, I mean, you have the top two teams in the regular season in the finals. So yeah, and I think this is where Nacho's going to be like, let's let's go out, let's just score a lot of goals, but Pumas can do also. So it's I think yeah, it's going to be definitely a very interesting final. Well, the the preview to the final on Wednesday, Cesar. I guess so. Uh, I have yet to work out the details, <laughs> but uh, okay. yeah, it'll, it'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll have a, we'll have a pod on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys. Um, in other news, big news, I think, huge news for Liga Mekis of having a world-class coach now join the Monterrey staff, the Rayados, other than Mr. Javier Aguirre. Onindia. Did you know his last name is Onindia? Oh, did not yeah. Mr. Uh, El Vasco Aguirre, who has coached Atlante Pachuca, Mexico, obviously, in 2001. Osasuna, Atletico Madrid, then came back the coach in Mexico and put both on in 2010. Uh, Zaragoza, Espanol, then he went to Japan, 2005. Uh, Alwajada? Is that, is that right? Was it, where, where was that at? Don't ask me. I don't know. Egypt. Then he went to Egypt, Leganes, and now back in Monterrey. Uh, good to have Vasco back. And he said he's ready to come back after his travels to be in Mexico. I think, man, I wish that I was part of the press back when, you know, in, in a team where Vasco Aguirre was giving press conferences. I don't know if Tom, if you feel the same. Because ever I remember when we first getting into, obviously, he was, he was out. But you always saw, like, his press conference giving you, like, just so much details of what he was thinking. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see him back in League MX. We're going to see him a little bit more, but to see what he can do with a team and, you know, already just Monterrey has such a big squad and it's already a contender. I mean, this case season hasn't ended, but I would think Vasco Aguirre coming back and coaching the, uh, a great team with a great facility, 
um, must be definitely very attractive football coming through. But Tom, what are, what are you thinking? No, I think it's great. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, 20 years outside of Mexico, you know, one of the greatest Mexican coaches ever, 62. So he's not, he's not even, you know, he's not ridiculously old. You know what I mean? He's still got plenty to give. A bit surprised he's come back to Mexico um, because, well, because he was telling every, every interview that he did that he wanted to go to MLS or Japan. And, and, you know, that was his, that was his kind of line. And, and, you know, I, I honestly think this hire just shows the power of Rayados and, and just what the institution is. I mean, he, he said that the, the infrastructure at Monterrey is top 10 in the world, which probably a bit of an exaggeration, but I mean, you know, I think, I think, you know, we've been to the Monterrey stadium and it is absolutely ridiculous. That's a UEFA Champions League stadium, you know, in a semi-final or something that it's, it'd be the norm. You know what I mean? It's, it's an absolutely amazing stadium. So yeah, really happy for him to be back. And like you said, we, so I think his press conference is going to be awesome. I think he's going to, he's going to be hilarious. Um, you know, I really liked the quote he gave um, in, in the interview with the club just about, you know, he was like, you know, he was like, why did you, why are you coming back to Mexico? And he's like, you know, I wanted to come back to my country, be amongst my own people, you know, that he's, you know, he needs that shelter, the, the carne asada and beer with his friends speaking the same language. Um, you know, and, and saying basically after 20 years away, like every day he missed, he missed his homeland. And it was like, you can kind of see it, you know, and Monterrey is a great place to live if you've got some money and, 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 you know, working for one of those two clubs. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the Clásicos as well. I think him and Tuca are probably going to try and get along. Um, but it would be absolutely amazing if they don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they start having a little battle because, because yeah, they're both big personalities. They're both hilarious. Um, both and the other thing players. I think as well is that I, th- I think he, he can almost become, if he wants, the kind of, you know, Monterrey's Tuca. You know, he's, he's that experienced manager who can build something really big there, really important for the next 10 years. Why not? Um, and, and hopefully the club and Aguirre are looking at it like that because you look at this Monterrey squad and it is still just totally ridiculous, the quality they've got. Um, and they should be they should be playing really good football. And, you know, to be fair, they have been winning trophies, but they should be much more consistent. So really looking forward to it. I think Monterrey are, are basically back and I think it's going to be, um, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be, Pretty exciting because I mean, as we've mentioned, he's not only just gonna be—he's only been a successful banjo, but like Tom alluded to, I mean, we're gonna get a bit of a character here. You know, <laughs> like now I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna pretend and say that I've watched like you know, all of his games and he was coaching La Liga or when he was coaching, you know, national teams abroad or you know, club teams abroad. But I feel like he always had this like whenever you'd catch like uh, you know glimpses of his press conferences, he's always like this or you know, images of him on the sideline. He's just like always has this like big happy grin on his face and you know, he's known for you know not being afraid to curse up a storm you know i think I, I was reading some some article i think it was by sid Lowe saying that like you know like he agita like criticizes classroom coaches with stats and videos and he loves to be you know like a boisterous leader you know uh, on the sideline instead so i think it's it's gonna be a really really fascinating character that we're gonna be seeing here in league of mechies or actually back in league of mechies you know it's been gone for so long you, you kind of forget that but yeah i'm i'm really really looking forward to that well i mean he hasn't been in league of mechies i mean since his pachuca days right since he took and if you remember they were these stars that won the 2001 
uh, I mean, that, you know, the Guatemocs, I mean, the, uh, the, the players that won the Confederations Cup with Mexico. And then I remember just the news around like these divas that, you know, and then Javier came back and was like, well, my Pachuca team has been winning. So uh, we're just going to take my Pachuca team. Kind of what, what Piojo did to that repechaje in New Zealand. And, uh, but be interesting. And that was just after coaching, you know, Atlante and his how fast he got to the national team because of that Pachuca team. So it would be interesting to see how uh, so what he does in Monterrey. So if we're having problems with World Cup, World Cup qualifying next oh, year, do we? Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, why not? Who's going to rescue you? I mean, you're, you're going to get, it's not going to be Piojo. No, I, just, no, I, just, I, just to, I think that that's still fun, but it is, but it's kind of funny to think like, it, it, maybe he'll come back again. <laughs> I honestly, I could see it. If, if, if you're looking for a team, he wins a couple titles. Tuka, I mean, in um, not Tuka, um, Tata's done. Let's say Aguirre wins back to back with Monterrey. No, who knows? You're expecting you know? like a really downward spiral for Tata for that to happen, though. No, no. I think after if he if he goes and he and he's and he gets to the same place he got, and Tata's like, all right, I'm out. I'm gonna go somewhere else. You know, and. No, it's, comes, it's, it's, it's not a bad. No, it's not a bad show. It comes like to come back. Do we, is this? Is that stat still there that no team won the World Cup with a foreign coach? Oh, is that true? I was. I think it is. Who won last? Yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember that because I was like, as, I'm like when when we had a foreign coach, I'm like, oh, well, we can't win because that stat's never never been. <laughs> but at the very least, we wanted like. I don't know with with Aguirre. I mean, it was always cool to see him abroad in La Liga, but he in recent years, like or recent teams, it's like he basically was like brought in as like a firefighter, you know, just like someone just to kind of like you know put out the flames, calm things down, mm-hmm. like have a team, you know, just avoid relegation. And it's really pretty cool to see what he could do with this Monterrey side. That obviously, you know, they're they're not going to be expected to be sitting at the bottom table, even though that's what happened in early 2020. But I think there is some pretty that's high expectations. Time. Yeah, I think there's some really high expectations with them. Yeah, 100%. He lost us against the U.S. in 2002, so we can never forget him for that. (laughs) We don't talk about that, man. We don't talk about that. <laughs> Lisa brings it up like every few days, and I just have to make sure he's okay. Like I don't, I don't get like like no context at all. Like he tweeted <laughs> yeah. out like two weeks ago, and I'm like, hey man, everything all right? The funny thing is, I don't put. I think only the people that know what happened on that day, they're like, why is Luis? Oh wow, it's bad. It, it still hurts, man. It's wake up early. It's gonna, it's gonna be a good game. <laughs> Dude, I can. All right, uh, what else is going on, Liga Mekis? Tom, what's the news? New president? What? What's going on? New president. This guy's already started off on my good side too. He, apparently, he pre- he's having an interview right now with Zulen. Thanks to our friend Adriana, he's saying that the Liga Mex Femenil is the best thing that happened in Mexican soccer in a while. So, Ooh. I'm already in a good mood. Joss has scored. Oh yeah, she scored. They're gonna. <sighs> we're gonna have another Clásico Regia, but at least Joss scored. Jocelyn Orejel. Yes. Ah. Oh yeah. See, we saw we saw cool with players now, so he calls her. Drunk. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> friend just the boss what is that? <laughs> that's just because that's her instagram handle just the boss that's why Justin. Oh, yeah. all right all right so um so, yeah tom so, new president we've new got president. new pres yeah but new president town <laughs> michael Ariola, who has not really been involved in football before they, um they he's been basically 
He was the 2018 candidate for mayor for the Prix. Yeah. He was, he's been in charge of the IMS, which is the public health system in Mexico. I was born uh, in IMS. Yeah. <laughs> born in the old IMS. Old IMS. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, this guy's basically got, you know, I think he's played, what's it called? Pelota Vasca or something like that. I don't even know what it is in English or what it is in Spanish. Uh, but it's a, it's a ball game. And he was, he was kind of quite big at playing that. So you think, you know, he was saying his press conference that he knows his sports. He's been a, he's been a sports person. So he's now the executive president of the Liga MX. Enrique Bonilla is moving up or is moving slightly to kind of a type of president of international development to help us kind of expand globally. Did he just make so up a new like, is going to be looking, post? Looking at, eh? Did he just like make up a new like job title? Well, I'm going to go Pretty much, there. yeah. <laughs> pretty much nice. so. I mean, Ariola, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, this guy studied at London School of Economics, which is, you know, really highly thought of. I think he studied in Chicago as well, like a kind of master's in law or something. So he must speak fluent English. He must be kind of a little bit kind of worldly. Um, although, you know, we'll wait and see. He, honestly, the press conference wasn't like, he just seemed like a normal kind of politician type guy, to be honest. He was kind of, wasn't the most exciting, wasn't the most kind of, charismatic or anything like that um but we'll see we'll see what kind of job he does um you know i, th I thought the most interesting thing was you know what bonnie is going to do and how he's going to do it because you know basically he doesn't give much away bonnie again he's not the kind of number one guy in terms of talking to the media i don't think he even likes it to be honest but um he's now going to be in charge of like you know the the development of the mls relationship you know, the development and, he, you know, he brought it up that he wants to accelerate talks with Comnibal to go back to the, you know, to the club tournaments. So like the Libertadores, basically. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of a wait and see. I mean, I think many times Bonilla was asking that press conference, like, what's the deal with MLS? What's the deal with Comnibal? Like, what, where we're going with this? You know, I don't know. It's just this weird thing where, how can you do this? Can you do this relationship with MLS and and kind of move towards competitive games, maybe even a merger, um, and at the same time be in the Libertadores? I I just can't I can't see how you do it. But he's def he's definitely kind of playing both sides, you know, and and seeing I think where Liga MX is gonna is gonna fit better. So um, so yeah, that's what that's what it is. Um, yeah, they didn't give too much away, and and that's my big that's my big doubt really. I don't know, I don't know internationally where the league's going. And um, Don Garber is, from MLS is actually giving his a yearly address, State of the Nation, um, on Tuesday. So I think he's probably going to speak a bit better <laughs> about what, about what's going on, to be honest, than than Enrique Bonilla did because he didn't give too much away, and he spoke for about an hour. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I would saw there. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't. You don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I've never heard of Mikel Ariola other than other than like recently. And when once he got appointed to this position, I just know he's a former politician. That's about it. We'll see with Bonilla's new role. But yeah, like Tom said, it'd be interesting to see what. I mean, I guess Bonilla kind of like uh, laid it out right there. You know, whether it be MLS or you know, Comable, you know, trying to go to Libertadores, you know, or returning to Libertadores to see where his priorities are. But 
don't know, maybe looking beyond that, you know, you begin to fantasize, think of like, well, maybe they, should, they could do a little bit more like marketing, you know, news branch in English and Spanish, maybe have some more like in-house staff writing post-game articles, sharing more videos and podcasts. Obviously now that's just like <laughs> stuff that's probably not going to happen, but I don't know, like hopefully, IRS. I know, you think, I don't know, it could be us, right? Uh, English. I know, right? But uh, I know you, you kind of fantasize that hopefully stuff like that will happen. You see other leagues doing it. You see other uh, top competitions doing that and getting like a decent amount of attention and stuff. This stuff that League of Mechies could potentially capitalize on going forward. But who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see with the CCL Libertadores because I don't could Could we make an argument that that maybe League of Mechies could, if somehow they're they could do both. Maybe they could still send teams to both competitions. Is that ridiculous to say? Top four Libertadores, five through eight to CCL? No? During COVID? No, no one's on board? Well, not, well, not during no, I mean, COVID. It'd be, okay. it'd be the other way around. I mean, if they're doing it, it'd be the other way around 100%. Yeah. You know, because CONCACAF are never gonna, they're never gonna, you know, it'd have to be the, the champions going to CONCACAF. And, you know, this is, there's so many factors at play. You know, basically, the way of, the way I'm thinking about it, and I might be completely wrong about this, but I was thinking about it today is that, you know, I was looking at um, the, the TV numbers for Pumas against Cruz Azul in Mexico. Ten, over 10 million people watched it in Mexico. And that's a game that was really a dead rubber. Nobody was really expecting it to be a good game. So, and then you've got what? The, the, the 1 million, 2 million that would have watched that game in the United States. And you look at MLS's TV numbers, you look at the Libertadores TV numbers in, in North America, you know, you look at the CONCACAF Champions League and, you know, CONCACAF knows very well that they, they want a bit of that, you know what I mean? And so what you've got going on here is that you've got MLS wanting a bit of, of League MX. You want the Libertadores who kind of they try and play out to get, but they definitely want that. I mean, there's no way that you, they wouldn't want Mexican teams involved if, if they can get them there. And but you've also got CONCACAF looking at it, and you know CONCACAF are, are looking at ways to expand the Champions League. You know that's that's something that's actually going on right now. Um, you know, Victor Montagliagi has actually has spoken about. It. He said that they want to expand it. But, you know that that's ongoing. Um, they they want to provide a, a format for the CONCACAF Champions League where you do get more more games between MLS and Liga MX clubs. What they don't want, they, they're not interested in necessarily you know mexican mexican teams playing caribbean teams all the time i mean like what happened in the old format you know they're, they're looking at ways as well to to kind of do it so it that's why the that's why i'm confused and i think that's why the situation is basically confusing i think you've got a lot of different factors at play and we we don't necessarily know where the future of you know Liga mx is international bit internationally but 100 we said so i mean Liga mx has to act like an international league um, you know, Colin Kazim Richards actually kind of quote tweeted one of my tweets tonight. And, um, you know, I was talking, I, I tweeted something about the press conference and he said like, look, I haven't even been paid from my Veracruz days. He was like, you know, I won a, you know, a demanda, like, a, you know, a, what's Lawson. it called? Like a, a, a case or whatever. You know, to, to, for me to get paid because I wasn't getting paid from the club and I had a contract. And you know, I won it. I won the controversy with the with the federation, and I still not got paid. He's now in England, and and you know, he sent a tweet underneath that as well, saying, "Look, I love playing in Mexico. Like the big clubs do things really, really well. The standard of the league's really good. But how can you expect to kind of be this international in the international league 
when you've got stuff like that going on. So, but yeah, it's true. I mean, it's the, it's the mentality thing and it goes back to the, you know, to reaching out to different markets, to, to being accessible and Liga MX still isn't accessible. So we'll see if this change within the, within the infrastructure with now having Bonilla in charge of kind of, you know, internationalizing the league on a full-time basis, if that does now lead to, um, to real changes, you know, I, I do have my doubts, um, you know, be, you know, because he's, they've had a long time now just to send like a couple of tweets out in English, <laughs> you know, anything that you want to do to be kind of a bit more international to upgrade the <laughs> website so that it's not like from night. Pay people a livable wage to run their English language accounts. Just you know, yeah. Here in, in Mexico, there's, there's so many. There's so many things. Are you just trying to be funny? Funny, funny, funny. Sorry, sorry, Tom. No, but yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's basically what's. Um, well, that's that's just a basic synopsis of of what we saw today. And obviously, there's a lot of domestic stuff that Ariola is going to have to deal with. The double contracts. There's an ongoing. Yeah. There's ongoing problems between Liga MX and the tax authorities. Um, Arriola is obviously a politician. Mexican politicians know how to move. You know, they know how to get things done. They know how to kind of, you know, just, I don't know, work different interests. So I think that that's an issue as well. And, you know, the, the stuff with double... Hello. No, we lose time. Did we lose time? I'll finish his thoughts. Numbers 1 through 10, CCL. Numbers 11 through 17, Libertadores. Number 18 and the second division winner, Leagues Cup. Boom. Uh Speaking of livable wages, he also has to deal with the fact that the women's side doesn't have livable wages. So let's see what he does with that too. Yeah. That's very yeah. true. Anyway. Very, very true. Um, <laughs> I was thinking at least give us like the winner of the Champions League, the CONCACAF Champions League goes against the winner of Libertadores. I didn't, used to have that with the Champions League go against the Libertadores. I think you see like Boca versus, you know, Roma. Or... It, would, it wouldn't be a bad idea, but at the same time, it would have a very Campeones Cup kind of vibe to it. Yeah, but you bring in, (laughs) but you know, you bring in a South American team, right? Like, like say Santos versus, let's say Tigres. Regardless if it's a very Mickey Mouse type argument, they they'll take it. You know, you don't want to lose against a Mexican team. Like it's, I think it would. I mean, they do it in. uh, I I don't even know if they do it anymore. But like I said, I remember I remember seeing Boca versus Real Madrid. I think it was called. What are they called? Yeah, I think at the same it time... It was the winner of like, Libertadores versus winner of the Champions League. Yeah, because I think, like, what's the difference between that and the Club World Cup? And if that's going to be expanding, too, uh, then, you know, there's a little bit more of an overlap there yeah, but as we, well. But at least we can say we beat it. Yeah, no, right. that, that, there's so many so many things going on. That's That kind of thing's fascinating, you know. Is is when, when Bonnie is talking to Comnibal, is that it? You know what I mean? Is Is there some kind of... You know the 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 Liga MX winner plays the Libertadores winner in a in a one off game. You know there's there's different ways. I mean there's even even the suggestion that on the women's side could could you send Mexican teams to the Libertadores? You know, you know what I mean? There's there's so many things going on because Concacaf doesn't have one. It doesn't have a women's regional tournament. Don't so, remind me, Tom. Um, you know what I mean? There's there's so I mean it's just the whole global football is for me it's absolutely fascinating, but it's also it's so confusing right now. And what Cesar was saying about the expanded Club World Cup as well. I mean, Mexico might be sending three, four teams to a, you know, to, to, to a tournament that, 
you know, include some of the big European giants. I mean, potentially that's exciting as well. Now, I don't know. There's just so much, so much stuff up in the air. So I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I think it's all fluid. I mean, that's why. I mean, I guess if you want to go like to the very beginning, or just Bonilla saying that he's going to talk to MLS, also talked to Colin Mabol. I mean, that once again just says a lot about how fluid the situation is. We don't know what's going to happen going forward. We're potentially more you know, partnerships between MLS and Liga Mekis. We don't know if you know Liga Mekis will potentially go back to Libertadores, and it's just and we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Liga Mekis feminine in the twenty twenty Colin Mabol would be awesome. That'd be dope. Oh, man. Corinthians, yeah. last champions. I'm looking it up. Brazil, 2018. Argentina's got Boca Juniors. We got America from Colombia. It's Universitario, Peñarol. These are big teams. Can't wait for Tigres to win that, too. Pictures <laughs> <laughs> to see like, where Tigres would like rank. In Tigres the- Femenil? Yeah, and feminine in uh, they're probably up there, kind of. Uh, not like in, not with your not with European, not with like not with like your no, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about the Libertadores. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I'd be interested to see the talent because just so much talent, but then when they go against a team like, you know, uh let's say Corinthians or I would think. I mean, I don't know anything about the but this is what I'm talking about. Like well, I think it's feminine like NWSL. I, I really want it with I want to see what the finally what they could do but okay all right guys this is a long i'm not the problem with like recording on zoom it doesn't give you how long you've been you how long we've been chatting for because <laughs> we were because we, yeah because we were we were talking about tv shows for the first just like, about an hour because i okay, know we we'll i know it was like eight tw- i know it was like seven twenty, and i was like okay we haven't started yet so we're not going to end till like eight twenty. i hope my kids are fine but they've been fine so yeah oh awesome awesome well guys cesar amy tom Another uh, great Mexican socks show. The last one's for 2020. We have maybe wait, maybe three or four. We've got we've got. Remember the awards yeah. show as well, aren't we? We got a few. Big awards show. Oh, I forget we oh, do that. We, do we still want to do the awards show? Is yeah, why not? The awardados. The, the Andres awardados. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Andres awardados. That'd be kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Cool. Look, let me look at my schedule. My schedule. I've got. I'm I'm absolutely free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. She's laughing at the awardados. He wouldn't. Everyone's, everyone thinks it's funny. Have some champagne. It'll yeah, be great. Yeah, Andres Aguardados. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll just give a few special guests. We have special guests. What if we can get like, what if we're the, we get like the craziest guest? Someone like. What about them? Like, let's, let's see if we can pull in favors. Like, can you just like say hello? Just come on and say hello. I'll text Landon and see what he's up to. Dude, <laughs> everybody's got all right. Cesar's got Landon, Tom, Tom. I know Tom's got a ton of WhatsApp like like contacts. He's giving them to me sometimes. Tom's got the most pull. No, we still you have a pretty decent amount of pull at this point too. No, I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm like we can't can see like, you. This in. is audio, so people have to feel. I know. It's all right. It's, it, was, it, was, it was a pause. All right. Well, we'll think. We'll see how we can get somebody just to say hello. Be like, oh yeah, hey guys, we'll be good. Like Barack Obama. Josh. <laughs> you good friend Josh. <laughs> Josh. All right, guys. Uh, another Mexican soccer show. Thank you Josh all. The boss. Thank you to uh, – oh, yeah. Do I get totally get Josh? Get it on here. Um, thank you, thank you. Our producer, Amy, putting it all together, who now has this recorded, so I don't have to send it to her. She's all mad at me. But, uh, but yeah. All right. Tom, Cesar, Amy. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, when I come back on, Leon. Pumas champion really 
really? Pullman Speed <laughs> Champion? Jeez, jeez, jeez. Okay, 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 okay. All right, guys. Hasta la próxima.